God in the Ukraine. Amid the destruction and all of even the death in the Ukraine, it's almost hard to imagine anything even remotely revealing the very presence of God. But, but I believe that if you look with the eye of the heart and listen with the ear of the Spirit, you will see and hear God at work even in all of the horror that's taking place in the Ukraine. Signs of God, you might ask. Signs of God. Vladislav operates a bakery in Kiev. He employs adults with psychological disabilities. His shop specializes in cakes and in pastries, as well as serving lunch on the day before the Russian troops stormed their country. Vladislav gathered his staff together. He explained to them that they would stop selling baked goods to individual customers. Instead, they would bake bread for all. They produce over 300 loaves of bread a day. The bread is then given away to homes for those who are disabled and they're donated to volunteer organizations. He says, I'm not militant in my nature, but I can bake bread. The love of God, the love of God is baked into every loaf of bread. And Vladislaus bakes. In Krakow, Poland, just across the Ukrainian border, a community of 40 Dominican sisters have opened their convent to refugees. Children, women, the elderly, even their pets. Things are getting a little cramped, but the sisters tell the refugees they're welcome to stay. They're welcome to stay as long as they need to. In fact, in Poland and in the Ukraine, more than a thousand religious communities of women are providing housing, food, clothing, and emotional support to thousands of Ukrainians who have been displaced by the war. The Felician sisters right down the street from us here in Livonia the Felicians have opened their home in Krakow as well to any of the refugees. See, these sisters, like so many of their Polish neighbors, I believe reveal their kindness and compassion. It reveals their belief in the gospel of Jesus Christ. This has been Hannah's first year as a teacher. The 23-year-old never imagined teaching her class of fifth graders in the middle of a war. But despite the bombings, the airstrikes, millions of children in the Ukraine are still going to school.
Hannah is just one of the hundreds of dedicated and creative teachers who are managing to keep their students engaged in learning. Some students can't attend every day because they're constantly on the move from one shelter to another shelter. In fact, many of Hannah's students are signing in on their parents' cell phones. Hannah says that the routine of school and seeing their friends online is helping. She says, and I quote, even if I'm not teaching the full curriculum, it's good that they're talking to me and to each other. It reminds us of something normal. The sacrifice and the courage of so many good people trying to make things normal for their fellow Ukrainians. Normal? Normal, I believe, is the Spirit of God alive in their care, in their kindness, in their opened hearts for one another. NPR carried that story on April 5th, as well as the National Catholic Reporter, the Global Sisters Report on March 4th. See, on this special Sunday, this Trinity Sunday, you and I celebrate the God who reveals himself not only in the wonders of nature and in the miracles of science, but a God who is revealed in every experience of love and in every expression of compassion and kindness. See, it's God's Spirit, I believe, that opens our eyes to see, to see one another, to see all women and men as daughters and sons of God the Father. It's the very power of that love between the Father and the Son whom we call the Spirit that opens up our hearts to embrace one another truly as sisters and brothers in God's body, the body of Christ. I pray that our own hearts, our own minds, beginning with my own, be opened to the Spirit of God revealing such love and hope in our lives however small and however ordinary and probably however unassuming. But may that spirit instill in us the wisdom to realize the goodness in all things that can enable us to transform our lives and our world into God's life, into God's love. We had a moment of that this morning. One of our younger parishioners, a 48-year-old gentleman who, from his diagnosis to his death, exactly three months of time. As we celebrated Scott's funeral here this morning, he has one son, the name of Ty, who's 14 years old. One of the things that struck me the most were all the comments written, both on the website for the funeral home and on friends and families' Facebook pages. So many of Scott's buddies from OLV, he was raised here, made his first communion here, I think, on May 2nd of 1981 and was confirmed by Bishop Moses Anderson on November 11th of 1987. 
So friends that have been with him his whole life here in Northville all commented on the loss of this friendship. In the middle of my homily, I asked Ty to turn around and to look at all the faces of the people who are here and all of Dad's friends who are here. Because Dad's part of his work is now complete. But I asked all of Scott's friends now to begin their work, to be role models, to be the hands and the feet of Ty's dad, whom they claim their love for so profoundly. See, it's in our relationships one to another in my mind, it's in those relationships one to another that we can only begin to understand who and what God is in our lives. Being created in God's image and likeness, you and I are the ones who are connected one to another. One heart, one life to another heart, to another life. And we pick up for one another where one of us leaves off. In our life's journey, may we never forget who we are and who we have been called to be, created in God's image and likeness, created in the Father's goodness, strengthened by the Son's body and blood and animated by a spirit who breathes into you and into me. May we always be blessed by this God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.